Thank you for listening to We Have Ways of Making You Talk. Sign up to our Patreon to receive bonus content, live streams and our weekly newsletter with money off books and museum visits as well. Plus early access to all live show tickets. That's patreon.com slash we have ways. Chewy, chewy, which is, of course, Japanese for Achtung, Achtung. I mean, maybe not the way I say it. Anyway, it's 80 years. So how else could you say it then, do you think? Well, I don't know. Chewy, 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 chewy. I don't want to... You don't want to be get cancelled. Yeah, exactly. By our Japanese listeners. All three of them. People worried about our Japanese listeners, because that's how it works. It's 80 years, of course. Since the Battle of Midway, perhaps the single most important sea engagement of the Second World War. Perhaps, um, but um, I would argue that the entire Normandy-Neptune sea encounter is the most important. But there you go. Um, more of <laughs> Midway in a moment. But first, welcome to We Have Ways of Making You Talk with me, Al Murray and James Holland. Britain is bathed in sunshine, but I'm in France on manoeuvres. Yeah, yeah, baby. Yeah, and I'm very, very delighted to hear that the Aztec Toad has been... Back in form. Oh, I tell you though, um, uh, last night. Well, the thing is, there's a there's a pond uh, um, over the road, but in the next house, there's a pond, and it's do 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 do. It's like oh, so it's not sounding it's, quite so Aztec anymore. It's, it's well, it's a, well, well, the submarine. There's a lot of subs. Very, there's a lot, lot of, of subs. Are very close, <laughs> but it's basically a frog, a toad orgy going on in the um, house next door, like right. a great big pile on of toads. I need to go. And, I'm, I'm, I'm tonight. I'll go out with my camera and uh, see if I can capture them at it f- film some film some toad porn <laughs> well I've got to say down here it was, uh, it was another disappointing weekend for me on the cricket front um, yeah for- <laughs> yeah what happened Jim oh. well I was, I'm feeling great Nick I don't feel there's anything anything going wrong at all I had a net with a skipper on Friday night I was yeah. you know timing it nicely share with the group bastard yeah. ran me out for one um, now what so Take us through the take us through the run out then. So did okay. you So I was facing you, yeah. short ball. Yeah. Square cut it. Looked yeah. like it had gone past the fielder, but actually stopped it. Joe yeah. called the run from the other end. My call. It's in front of Square. Uh, oh no. And because he was on forty seven not out and he's the captain, I had to do the decent thing. <sighs> it's a lot it was a lot you know, it's down in Bemmonston, it's like an hour and twenty minutes away. Beautiful ground and everything, Shit. but um but you know, it's a long way to go. And then we lost by two runs. Two runs. Two runs. That's not the way you want to go, is it? No. I mean, still so, England, England, England were in fine form yesterday. So maybe your wicket was necessary for the national good. Maybe, yeah, maybe in some weird way. Um, <laughs> Great to uh, love uh, no man like, that lays down his wicket for Joe Root's runs. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would agree with that, and um, uh, and also um, the build is a he- is a foot at the Chalk Valley History Festival, and so tents yeah. are going up and. Great. It's, it's just looking stunning. It's honestly, it's Great. looking so beautiful. Green and lush and as if yep. blue skies and all the rest of it. So yep. that's all very exciting. And, and what, that's a fortnight away, isn't it? No, a week. Ah, God. You got you must have ground rush then of it, of it suddenly looming up at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It comes out. Well, you know, I sort of turned out the other day, the tracking's down. I thought, God, this feels familiar. Is it only a year since the last one? Yeah. You know. Yeah. Comes yeah. around. Well, the year pounds round, doesn't it? It's the truth. Yeah. We're, having up a lot, all of us. we're having a lot of fun. A lot of fun rearranging everyone's travel arrangements because of the rail strike. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> so you and Glastonbury, basically, um, yeah. on, the, on the horns of... Is it Aslef? I can't remember which union's throwing uh, RMT, isn't it? Throwing and then, the party. Um, and yeah, then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, presumably Tank Fest having the same problems, but anyway. What yeah, do? yeah, yeah. Anyway, but these yeah. these things pale into significance compared to when pondering great anniversaries such as that of the fourth of June, nineteen forty-two, the Battle of Midway. Yes, Battle of Midway, and also it, it, it's sort of a week after D-Day, isn't it? So, um, uh, and well, it's two days before, always... two days before, and here we are, a week after D-Day. Yeah, now. Yeah, but, but but what we've always said is that the thing about the Normandy battle is it isn't just D-Day that you've got to figure, you've got to know what's going on. In the weeks that follow, so you know this. Yeah. This, I mean, maybe maybe what we need to do is try and blaze a trail for D plus seven as a national anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, yeah, I mean, I've, I've been... Quite a hard sell. <laughs> yeah, I've been rereading a book about, about um, Midway the last week. And yeah, it's cool. just uh, Well, it's just, it's just such an incredible battle. And, and you know, subsequent historians always trying to sort of you go, well, you know, if only this thing had happened, then it could have been so yeah. different. Or, or if, if, you know, it turned on this particular sixpence. But the point is, is there's, there's no one single thing that turns the battle. It's 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 lots and lots of happenstance. Um, yeah. It's it's lots of different things going on, and and, and actually, yeah. quite a lot of it is doctrinal. Um, yes, there's a well, that's different, it. different doctrinal way of doing things. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, for yeah. example, the Japanese carrier groups, you know, their air groups, they like to stick to their carrier, so there's no kind of yeah. messing around. So, yeah. two of the um, two of the of of the carriers which um, have been involved in the Battle of the Coral Sea. Well, it's really interesting because because Yorktown and the Lexington, obviously Lexington gets sunk and Yorktown gets very badly damaged at the Battle of Coronacea at the beginning of May, yeah. 1942. Yeah. But but Yorktown goes back to Pearl Harbour and they work round the clock to get it ready again. So it's back out again. Yeah, yeah. And whereas the Shikaku, which is badly damaged, is still badly damaged a month later. Yeah. And the Zuikaku, which is absolutely fine, but has lost half its air group, yeah. they don't send that out because it's lost half its air group. Yeah. Whereas if they'd taken half of the air group from Chicago and put it on Zuikaku, yeah. then Zuikaku, which is one of the state-of-art carriers, could have been involved in Midway. Yeah. But well, that's they, not the they, Japanese way. Uh, well, and, the, and the, the, the Americans commit pell-mell to the battle, don't they? So they just, whatever they've got, they stick up in the sky and they, and they send it to the Japanese, don't they? And the Japanese have to do it in ordered groups because that's doctrine. Concentration of force, which is, after all, entirely, entirely sensible and time-honoured and the logical conclusion of, of, of how you should go about these things. Um, funnily enough, I've been reading, um, and this is, this is pertinent to this, I've been reading um, uh, uh, David French's new book about appeasement, um, uh, appeasement deterrence and strategy in the, in the interwar years. Right. The British assessment of the Japanese character that feeds very directly into <laughs> why why there won't be a war in the Far East is that, you know, Japanese people are indecisive. They don't like taking risks. Um, uh, they might be well organised and hardworking, but they're not going to ever um, attempt anything um, uh, on a major scale. And this is, you know... the. To, to, to then see, obviously, and this is sort of 19, tw early 20s where they're coming up with these assessments of everybody. And also that only, uh, and there's a, a point in 1921 where um, uh, the, 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 committee res the committee responsible decided that France and Japan are probably the next two countries we might run into militarily. Or great France. powers, at least. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, well, all right then. Anyway, but... but the but, traditional I mean, enemy. Go, the Japanese are work shy and we'll go back to war and it'll be like the Hundred Years' War again. But, but, Well, exactly, but it's all like that. <laughs> all the assessments are like that. The German is poor at improvisation, um, you know, uh, yeah. uh, um, and is a, bad, is a bad winner. A good loser, but a bad winner. It, 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 it's Trenchard's <laughs> assessment of the Germans. It's like, wow. It's all, it's all completely bonkers. I mean, it's well worth, it's a well worth a look, this stuff, but it's all completely, it's completely balmy. Um, that sounds but, insane. Yes, yeah, but but well, we could talk about talk about it a bit more. But it feeds, but it just feeds into the fact that there's the Japanese being completely Klaus Fitzian about the way their approach to um, air power at, at, at sea, isn't it? Is you you yep. concentration of force, you deliver a maximum punch. You don't you don't improvise the trained groups. You don't re-switch people to different ships because they're probably thinking the time and effort taken to retrain half an air group to a different carrier's way of doing things. Yeah, it, 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 it isn't. It's not worth the, it's not worth trying. It'll scramble everyone's brains too much and interfere really with like a like how you run things in a routine way. That must be what they're thinking. Yes, I guess so. I mean, it's just interesting because the the US Navy way is to be much more interchangeable. Yeah, you know, one minute yeah. you're in a you know you're in you're you're in Scouting Six, and the next minute you're kind yeah. of you know on Yorktown. The next minute you're on the Hornet, and and that's absolutely yeah. fine, you know, and yeah. no one bats an eye. Um, you know, they all yeah. look pretty much the same. They're all organised on the same structure, yeah, same kind of systems and everything. So it's 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 a bit like transferring from a fighter command airfield in Northumberland to Kent. Yeah. You know, it, it makes yeah. it looks slightly different, and there's a few things which are different, but the principles are all the same. The Japanese are interesting because they're doing that. 
But that's like an American mass production attitude, isn't it? I mean, that, that, that's, yeah. that yeah, it's one size fits all. Everything's modular. Yeah, um, you plug completely. in, you plug into the, you know, um, which, which is completely at odds with, um, you know, uh, obviously, or in stark contrast, the Japanese way of doing things. And it's interesting because the Japanese way of doing things up to that point has been pretty successful. Um, with, yes, with, and you're absolutely right about concentration of force. And yet, paradoxically, that's exactly what they don't achieve because, of course, Yamamoto yeah. splits his force. The whole point yeah. is this elaborate plan. Uh, the elaborate plan on paper sounds great. You know, what we'll do is we'll just put the carrier force there and we'll, we'll, we'll goad them into this trap. The yeah. American carrier force will come forward. Um, yeah. they'll, they'll launch their, their planes and then we'll launch theirs on theirs and they'll be caught yeah. short and that's all going to be fine. And then we'll follow up with our... our of our heavy surface ships uh, and they'll do the coup de grace and yeah that's great until you realize that you know japanese ships don't have radar um and have very limited means of communicating with one another and that yamamoto surface force which has got something like five destroyers you know yeah four heavy cruisers two light carriers etc 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 it's 200 miles away from the you know, Kido Butai, the the, the main carrier yeah. force and so they're not mutually supporting in any shape or form whatsoever and yeah. they're completely out of comms, pretty much. They can yeah. do sort of radio signals, but there's no radar or anything like that. You know, so it's it's and, and the and the radio comms in themselves are 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 dodgy and problematic because people aren't getting the right messages at the right time. So yeah. it's 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 Admiral Chuichi Nagumo who is the commander of the Kido Butai, the carrier force. And for example, the, the American carrier fleet is spotted, I think, at something like seven forty in the morning of the fourth of mm. June. But Nagumo's not told until eight o'clock. And then he's got yeah. this terrible dilemma. What does he do? Yeah. Does he yeah. say, so what he's done is earlier that morning, he sent out, uh, you know, five o'clock or 4.30 or something. He sent off half of his, his air forces to go and attack Midway Island, Midway Atoll. Mm. Yeah. And so they've, they've gone off there um, and they're due back any minute, at kind of eight-ish, any moment yeah. now. But he's kept half his force back. So they now yeah. he knows that the air, the, the US carrier force is kind of has been spotted. So does he send them off now, but then risk the landing of half of his force coming back from Midway? Because they won't be able to land while the others are taking off. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or does he think it's okay now because we know where they are, we'll just do it later? Yeah. What do you do? Do you strike now immediately while you've got the chance? Or do you hope you've still got the chance in an hour's time once the others are back? You strike now, you strike now immediately. You strike now, always strike now immediately. Surely. And what, and what, and what does he? And what? What? And what? Al, do you think Nagumo decides to do? Um. Uh, wait. He does. Yeah. He does. And so what's happened is he is initially sending his reverse his reserve force to Midway. So he's thinking, okay, I've got my reserve force. Once the others come back, we'll send them back to Midway. So they're armed with general purpose bombs, all his, yeah. all his torpedo bombers. Yeah, yeah. So they can just do normal bombing. Then what happens is he gets, hears about the carrier force. So he thinks, oh, okay, maybe I need to do the carrier force first. Then he has, so that's one dilemma. So then he orders all the, all the torpedo bombers to be rearmed with torpedoes. But that's yeah. easier said than done because you've got to take off all the, not only have you got to take off the bombs, You've also got that they have different catches on the under, yeah, yeah. on the underside of the of the plane, so they have to be not only does the bomb have to be taken off, so does the catch but Then a different a different clasp has to be put on for the torpedoes, and that's understandable. You can imagine a torpedo is a great big long thing, bombs are sort yeah. of squat and round, and sort of you know more lozenge. And they haven't and they haven't solved that problem. They so haven't they, solved that problem. So, they, so they, well, they so haven't got enough. So you yeah. know these these tor bombers are torpedo bombers or they're traditional bombers and they're, they're multi role. So. That is still in process. That that is being undertaken when the Midway guys are coming back from their first first mission, and so that is why they're all on their ships when the American attacks. So, so first of all, there's like two hours of yeah. American attacks, and the B-17s yeah. come over from Midway. They're completely ineffective, yeah. bombing from kind of yeah. 18, 14,000 feet. Of course, yeah. they don't hit a single thing. Nothing's happened. Yeah. And so and, and all that's happening is the zeros are being taken off from, from the, you know, the defensive zeros, are, the, the fighter planes are taking off and absolutely slaughtering these torpedo bombers, these American yeah. devastators, which yeah. are devastatingly yeah. ineffective, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and the B-17s. And, and devastators are still coming in at 10 o'clock, when the dive bombers first arrive on the scene, about ten past ten in the morning, nine minutes past ten, 
Yeah. And the point about the dive bombers is that all the attention is on the Devastators. And the way the Devastators come into attack with the, their torpedoes is they come in very low. Low and slow. All, yeah, low yeah. and slow. And they're very easy to hit. They're very easy to hit by, by zeros. And they're also very easy to hit by anti-aircraft fire. But what that means is your anti-aircraft fire is obviously facing pretty much horizontally rather yeah. than vertically. Yeah, yeah. And, and the point about the dive bombers is they've been circling around for ages. The lead group is from the, um, is from the Enterprise, USS Enterprise, which is led by this guy called Wade McCluskey, Lieutenant Commander Wade McCluskey. Mm. And for an aviator, he's pretty old. You know, he's like 40-something. He's kind of squat-faced. He's kind of been there, done it. He's a kind of, he's what's called a black shoe. So he's kind of old school. Um, he's got not part of the kind of modern team. And he's done every type of aviation you could possibly imagine been a fighter pilot, bomber pilot, yeah. done everything. Now he's leading the dive bombers in their, their Douglas Dauntlesses. Yeah. And they can't see anything, and they've already used half their fuel. And they're thinking, oh, you know, what do we do? Do we turn around? And McCluskey goes, no, 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 we're going we're gonna to keep on looking. And, and then eventually, in the nick of time, they see the wake of this, um, this Japanese um, cruiser. Yeah. Destroyer, rather. A destroyer. And um, and so they head up, head after it, the Arashi. And they head after the Arashi, and it leads them straight to the carrier force. And yeah. so that's why they're there at kind of 10 past 10 in the morning. And, of course, all the Japanese are looking straight ahead. And the interesting thing about, the other thing about concentration of force is that the way the Japanese zeros operate, when they've got the enemy, they're, they're kind of like, um, they sort of attack it like white blood cells on a toxin. You know, they yeah. just go... <laughs> Home cluster in on it, it cluster yeah. it, and just overwhelm it. But that also means that they're low level, and their their focus is entirely on dealing with these devastators coming yeah. in, these tor American yeah. torpedo bombers. Yeah, I mean it's interesting, isn't it, that the Japanese decide to attack midway, which after all they can't sink, rather than rather than you know that that that's the the, the the sort of centerpiece of their attempt to bring the U.S. Navy to battle, rather than think. Well, isn't sinking sinking carriers should be our priority rather than taking out an air base? That, that that even even that in its conception, yeah, is is you know you can bomb midway all you like, but 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 you can't you can't send it to the bottom of the Pacific, can you? In the way well, you they're can. they're planning to invade it. I think you know that's the idea. I know, but 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 you but but you know what I mean. You can't do you you. You know why aren't they leaving that till last? It just that seems like yeah. a very strange, very strange way round of doing things. Because after all, you know, we, and we've talked about this before. Sinking ships, ships are expensive. Ships are ships are, you know, that they take time to replace them. We've already we've already touched on that. They, you know, it, it seems a it seems it seems a big cart before the horse a little. That if your problem is the U.S. Navy, what you need to be doing is sending the U.S. Navy to the bottom so that it can't interfere with you taking out Midway. Do, do, do you see what I mean? Completely, yeah. I mean, I think the whole plan for the Japanese plan for Midway is way too complicated. It's got far too many moving parts in it without the sufficient comms to be enabled it to work. Yeah, that, well, that's a question. What, I mean, isn't it interesting the Japanese don't have radar? Um, it, yeah, it's, completely. It's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, 19, I mean, it's 1942, um, uh, radar has surely been announced to the world by now. Its yep. existence, mm -hmm. you know, our, the massive success of RDF in in 1940, the Battle of Britain. People would have, you know, anyone with their ear to the ground militarily would have gone, "Oh well, obviously there's obviously there's a there's a watching device of some kind." Had the mm -hmm. Germans not told them about their own, you know, uh, uh, their own radar developments, it's it just seems. It seems sort of unfathomable, doesn't it? And it might. Well, they it, certainly it, it, have that... radar by 1944, but 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 yeah. you know, later on in the war, but they don't have it have it then. And and it's 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 you know, you've got these you've got these aircraft carriers which are just unbelievably sophisticated pieces of kit. Yeah, yeah. You know, with with hydraulic lifts, kind of taking people up yeah, and yeah. down from the deck down below, and all this kind of stuff. I mean, you know, unbelievable. But no radar. Yeah. And in order, you know, there's only a handful of radio radios in the in the aircraft as well. So Japanese zeros, for example, have to communicate with each other with, through through with hand signals. Yeah, I mean that's and not wagging, great, is it? Well, no, it's not. And I suppose there's one guy, there's one guy who's leading with a radio, and then you know if he's shot down, what do the others? Where do the yeah, others go? Yeah, then it's go? A, yeah. You just have to yeah yeah. 
It's God, not no, good at all. And by the time that, by the time the dive bombers are up in the sky, you know, everyone, yeah. everyone's focus is on is on what's yeah, happening yeah. at kind of yeah. almost sea level. Yeah. Yeah. By the time you've got that, you've got you've got thir- on both the Kaga and the Akagi, you've got thirty-eight fully loaded and fueled aircraft each. Yeah, yeah. So each, you know, so on both battle, both carriers, you know, that amounts to something like eight thousand eight hundred pounds of explosives. So what's that? Four and a half tons of explosives, in yeah. the, just in the torpedoes, yeah. and you know, one and a half tons of of bombs. Yeah. All loaded up and fuel, so so that's the perfect storm, isn't it? But is it, yes, it is. But it's also, I mean, it's the, it's this sort of eternal problem with with uh, you know with 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 ships, isn't it? Is is that is that if you get them at the right moment, they will they will go up, and there's nothing anyone can do about it. You know. Well, you, yeah, you, I mean, they, they, they've been dis- the, you know the American um, the Japanese carriers are, are described as having a, a glass chin, so yeah. they're very good at giving a punch but not at taking one back. And so it happens. So that you know, so you have this amazing sort of thing that you've got these, you've got these dive bombers circling at twenty-two yeah. minutes past ten, and then you at twenty-three minutes past ten is when the first one is, which is led by McCluskey, is diving down on the um, on the cargo, and, yeah. and there the, is they have some radio comms problems because McCluskey's leading one lot, and Dick Best is leading, yeah, bombing six or whatever it is. Um, his his squadron, and he doesn't hear that he's supposed to be going for the Akagi, so they're all heading for the same thing, all sort of screaming down. But I mean, what's yeah. amazing about it is, you know, you kind of think think Stuka dive bombers, it's kind of eight thousand feet, you know, getting down to you know, yeah, fifteen hundred or whatever. These these guys start from kind of fourteen thousand feet, and they're supposed to drop their bombs at two and a half thousand feet. Well, I mean, you know, you and I, we've been up in the air at two and a half thousand feet. That's still quite a long way up. Yeah. You know, yeah, it, it still is, looks yeah. like a. It, you know, it's incredibly difficult to hit. If you're pointing at the, you, you know, if you if you've done your if you've done your sums right, I suppose. Anyway, we need to take a very a very very brief break. Um, and then we can and go we'll back, back to the five minutes yeah, that changed absolutely. the world. Five minutes that changed the world. And we'll <laughs> we'll see you shortly. Welcome back to We Have Ways of Making You Talk with me, Al Murray, and James Holland. Um, we are talking about the five minutes that change the world. Um, uh, <laughs> the Battle of Midway. Um, but before we do that, a little before we get into that um, and, our, and our, our grittiest American accents possible, um, a reminder that our second summer festival is coming up soon. Uh, just as James spoke of Chalk Valley Festival approaching... Uh, a month later, we have We Have Waves Fest, and it takes place from Friday, July the 22nd to Sunday, July the 24th. Um, so it's sort of two and a half days of prime slice war waffle. I mean, the, of, the, of the highest calibre. We've got uh, three tents with all the best Second World War historians coming to talk about their specialisms. We've got Max Hastings on Churchill, Rana Mitter to talk about the war in China, Catherine Himmler to talk about um, legacy, basically, um, living with the legacy of uh, the Second World War. We've also got 50-plus military vehicles, and there'll be food stalls. The curry stall is back. Beers are plenty, um, flying dustbin, uh, craft pills. Uh, what else is there, Jim? Uh, um, uh, there's um, jumping, jumping Jim. Jumping Jim, yeah. Gavin. So um, beers themed to your interests and specialisations, ladies and gentlemen. And this year we've got a small marketplace for you to buy your Second World War stuff, if that's your bag. Um, uh, for details on speakers, hardware, how to get tickets, where it is, where to go, um, it's wehavewaysfest.co.uk. That's wehavewaysfest.co.uk. And we very much look forward to seeing you there. It's going to be properly um, good. Properly good. It is going to be properly good. Um, I've been assembling the family stories stuff. Ah. And it's, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's all, it's, it's, there's something in my eye. That's all I'm going to say. Really, James, really, yeah. really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and great thing is we've got some Americans coming over, so we can yes. we can have do do real American accents. The real American Hello, accents. The real in American 19, accents. 1942 and June 4th. So um, Tuesday. Uh, was it a Tuesday? <laughs> well, I don't know. No, no it's a Sunday. You see, I think. It's see, Sunday. Of course, will... it's Sunday the 4th of June. Of course, it's, exactly. it's Tuesday see, the 6th of June. Yes, well, yes, exactly. Because I was, I was. Think? Do people know what day of the week these things happened on? Because I don't think no, but, but the American, but, but Americans don't say on Tuesday. They go, mm. the Battle of Midway took place Sunday, 
Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Tuesday, Tuesday, 6th June, D-Day. Um, anyway. <laughs> that's the, the, like <laughs> um, the thing is, so, so, so there is this, I mean, you, earlier on you talked about 20 minutes where um, the Japanese are deciding what to do. Yep. But this battle is famously decided by five minutes, isn't it? So there's yeah. a... Well, and it is, and it's just so thrilling because it, it, you know, up until that point, the kind of, the kind of, where are we? We're now at ten twenty-two a.m. as as, as yeah. Wade McCluskey is preparing to launch his first dive, and there's something like thirty-nine dauntless dive bombers circling above the carrier yeah. at this point from various yeah. squadrons, and up until that point, it's been. You know, the, the the Japanese attack on Midway itself hasn't been completely successful, but they've shot down yeah. lots of American planes, um, sh- you yeah. know, shore-based naval fighter planes, and that hasn't worked very well. Um, yeah. And, and anyone, any American planes that's got anywhere near the carriers have just been absolutely slaughtered. I mean, it is a yeah. total slaughter for the Devastators. The B-17s yeah. have got nowhere. The Mitchells have got nowhere. You know, there haven't been any recorded hits at all on the yeah. Japanese. It's all looking pretty bad. So despite yeah. Japanese hubris, despite their overcomplicated plan, it's looking like, you know, their, and their, te- and their carriers... Technological we- and their technological weakness that, that, that you, you know, you don't need radar. If, the, if you've got effective, an anti- effective anti-aircraft screen, yep. you're, you're all right. Yep, yep. And, and carriers are quite, you know, the, um, the Japanese carriers are quite well armed, um, yep. particularly in anti-aircraft guns. So... You know, it's all looking quite good for the Japanese, despite, you know, it not going 100% according to plan. Yeah. And then these dive bombers scream down, and they're just completely caught about it. And, and you know, I've heard it said that Dusty Kleiss, who's one of the one of the um, dive bombers, celebrated dive bombers in this attack, sort of claims yeah. that, that a dive bomber is invulnerable to anti-aircraft fire. Well, it's just absolutely not true at all. Well, it's silly. Yeah. And it's just nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the reason they're invulnerable at that point is because all the anti-aircraft guns are facing horizontally to try and shoot down the Devastators, which are being yeah, shot yeah. down in droves. And their attention's just not on it. Yeah. And, and they're caught short. And because all the Zeros are down at surface level, swarming like, you know, like white blood cells around, around a toxin, and they're not on it either. They can't, they can't just rapidly adjust. It's too late. You know, it takes, you know, a matter of, a minute or so to, to dive down on a plane. Yeah. So the first attack on the uh, on the on the cargo um, is at ten twenty three, and the cargo gets attacked by twenty seven different pilots and four hits, <laughs> which Dusty Kleiss is one. And you know Dusty Kleiss, for example, like all of them, you know he's got a he's got a five hundred pound bomb and he's got a two hundred pound bombs. And what he's aiming for is the massive, great red circle on the foredeck of the of the um, yeah. uh, of the carriers, which just says bullseye. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And you know his yeah. bomb goes straight through the deck, and it's got a delayed fuse on it, and then detonates. You know, a moment later, and yeah. by that moment later, it's kind of already halfway down through the ship. And yeah. precisely the point where it needs to be most effective, which is where there's already 38 <laughs> loaded, yeah. you know, torpedo bombers um, uh, and dive bombers loaded up with bombs and torpedoes and explosives and fuel. Yeah, and, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. It, it's just an absolute inferno. Uh, and the cargo gets hit four times, um, whereas Dick Best, right at the last minute, averts and, 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 and switches to attack the Akagi, followed by two of his squadron. He's the only one who gets a hit, but it's a fatal hit. It's absolutely, absolutely on the bull. And again, yeah. hits, the, hits the red circle. And then nine pilots hit the, the Soryu, uh, which gets three hits. But overall, that's a 21% hit rate. Well, I was just going to say... Which is pretty that, good. Well, no, I was going to say, it's, I, 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 surely we'd argue that's pretty bad. I mean, it's, you know... Well, many, I don't know. I mean, but if you think how odd it is... Well, 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 yes, but 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 if you've got the pilots simultaneously thinking, I mean, the idea that you could say, "Oh, the the, the dive bomb is invulnerable and it's a it's a perfect weapon." Well, yeah, if you if you hit anything, if it's not, if not, then not. I mean, it's I think it's not a perfect weapon at all. Well, no, because well, no, because no, you look at you know currently in Ukraine, there's there's quite a lot of discussion of whether um, uh, Russian smart munitions actually hit any of the things they're meant to. That, you know, they've got an 80% miss rate or something. But here we are looking at a 20% success rate, and it's actually, um, it's, uh, uh, 
of strategic effect, let alone tactical effect, in its moment. You, you, you know what I mean. I mean, I think yeah, I these, these numbers, are, these numbers are interesting. And is is there? A, but 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 raises the question: Is there a better way of doing this than dive bombing? Probably not. You no, don't have. Not. You haven't got um, uh, ship-to-ship missiles, have you? The gunnery isn't an option it, at these kind of distances because that's the whole point of air power. Is mm. that you're, you're 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 removing gunnery from the equation? I mean, how often does a how often does a broadside hit? Um, yeah. it, its target, you know, which is after yeah, yeah, all the, yeah. it, its competitor in this battlefield. Um, uh, but but, but uh, there's no question that kind of, you know, one hit by Dick Best on the Akagi oh, yeah, is probably, it's, it's probably it's not going to do the business were it not for the fact that all these sh- all their, their planes are under on the second deck, yeah, you know, armed to the teeth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, a, it's the ripple effect. Uh, yeah. And, you know, you look at photographs of the Karga, you know... Uh, Having been hit, I mean, it's just an absolute inferno. I mean, this this yeah. thing is just completely. I mean, that all three of them are just gone. So three of the four carriers are just knocked out, and that is, and it's not just the carrier. You know, when you're when you're that far out at sea, that means all your planes have gone as well. Yeah, yeah. you got yeah. no means of defending the defending the carrier group after that, have you? No, you absolutely. You know, in theory, get picked off. Relative. Yeah. I mean, and the other things, of course, you know, Japan's producing these. Ships at a much slower speed than the, the the than the US. I mean, this is why I'm saying, you know, you. It's interesting that they attack an island rather than the US Navy. Yeah, I mean, I think <laughs> I mean, it's. I, I, I think it's do, a poor they, plan. I mean, they do. They do attack. They do. I mean, they do get to um uh do get to the um uh, to the navy to the US Navy, don't they? But the but 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 the die is cast at this point of the battle. Really, whatever they do yes. afterwards is 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 pyrrhic, isn't it? Yes, because they can't compete with. I mean, the, the whole po- they they always knew that that industrially yeah. America was the United States was its superior. Yeah. So the whole point was to try and neutralize it as much as you possibly could and give it give yeah. the Japanese some breathing space. Yeah. But but that only works if if you do neutralize it. If you get neutralized yourself, then <laughs> you know. Just, but what's so peculiar? The whole plan the Jap- gets go, go, goes to pot. But what's so peculiar is the Japanese establishment is full of people who are really familiar with America and have lived there and travelled yeah, like there. Yeah, Yamamoto and, himself. Exactly, 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 and are plugged into the American way. Of, you know, understand America to to, to considerable extent, and that that, that they should convince themselves. Uh, that, I mean, because after all, there's, you know, Pearl Harbor arguably is where Japan thinks, Christ, what are we going to? We've got to. We've got to. We've got to basically accelerate this war to bring it to a conclusion because we're because we're losing and it's a it's a it's a a last roll of the dice actually pearl harbor um and they they feel compelled it to that action and the, the fact that the fact that it then doesn't work the fact that it delivers the opposite reaction from the americans that they're hoping for is it's, 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 it's fascinating, given, given that, like you say, you know, Yamamoto knows America and he's, he, yeah. he's, familiar, with, he's familiar with the place. Well, it's Yamamoto's so argument was, was that if we go to war with America, we're going to lose, uh, almost certainly. But, but, but almost certainly is not completely certainly. And the yeah, only yeah. vague chance we've got is, is by setting back the US Navy for six months to a year and, and giving us a chance to kind of secure all our new possessions. And then, and then come into a settled peace with the with the United States. That's the big plan. But there's an awful lot of kind of moving parts in that. There's an awful lot of ifs and buts. Uh, and he doesn't think it's got much chance of work, but he thinks it's the only conceivable chance of of getting out of this shtick. Yeah, yeah, because 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 things have gone so terribly in China. Um, yeah, uh, uh, absolutely, uh, absolutely, and and they're, they're and they're they're increasingly urbanised, and they haven't got enough food, they haven't got enough anything, and they just can't do what they want to do. But what Yamamoto then follows up with is is this is this plan for Midway, which is just it's just too complicated, and and it's yeah. and it is a dispersal of, of of concentration of force and all that kind of thing. Um, mm. But again, the battle turns on all sorts of different things. You know, the fact that the uh, U.S. codebreakers managed to break the Japanese yeah. JN twenty five naval code, um, the fact that Nagumo makes the wrong decision. Um, yeah. But he might not have done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He might, he might not have done. <laughs> you know, and after all, well, but, the thing, but the thing we've been talking about... A fair the dive bit bombers lately, might have missed. 
Well, but it also they might have got one, not three. Well, exactly. The dive bombers definitely might have missed. Um, uh, you know, uh, but it's also this thing. Or they'd have got twenty on and inflicted an even greater defeat. You know, it, yeah. It you know, or or just all they need is. It, the, the four hits out of however many, let's say they get eight, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. They could go the other way, all go the other way. I mean, I think I think what's interesting, though, is these, these decisions. Last week we talked about, uh, or we were kicking around the idea of, you know, that, that, that how you arrive at a decision like that. He's doing, he's arrived at that decision. It's the right decision as far as he's concerned. He's, yep. not, he's not thinking, well, this will cock it all. Yeah. Hmm. He's not thinking this will all cock it up wildly and we're going to, this will this will cause a ch- series of you know ch- chain of events that will result in the defeat of the imperial navy here in here at midway he's thinking right that's the right thing to do I've, that's what we've got to do you know and i think this 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 there is this there is this you know is it a historical fallacy that, that, that we've got to be very careful with that just because that's the way it turned out was meant that every decision you, you you know every decision leads you there or is it because these are clever people. I mean, yeah, yeah I suppose them, so. I suppose it's not, just a sort of assumption that, that, that whatever the Americans send... To, I mean, if you delay hitting the American carriers, they can always come yeah. to you. So there's, yeah. there's, there's two assumptions that he's making. One, that the American carriers don't know about them. Yeah. Secondly, that, that even if they do, they won't be able to penetrate their screen. Yeah. That whole kind of underestimating your enemy seems to be a kind of consistent failing of... of Axis powers in the Second World War. Oh well, and Allied powers. Everyone does it. Everyone does it all the time, don't they? They, they, the, 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 it's the, it's the sort of it. People can people coming up with plans. It tends to involve the enemy doing what the what they want them to do. It tends to involve. <laughs> yes, I suppose the enemy, so. You know, you, CF you, on them. <laughs> well, or, or or well, or I don't know. I mean, all, all even even. Even Alamein, uh, uh, yeah. you know, the, the Germans don't don't quite do what, and the Italians don't quite do what's asked of them yeah, by so. by that master plan. And, and luckily, they're able to. Luckily, there's enough flex in, in in things to be able to deal with that. But but is this? It, you know, that that's a consistent part of military planning. The enemy will fold here, and we'll get that, and then we'll be able to do this and do that. And that that, that, that seems to be consistent. Everyone does it, don't they? I think it's yeah. easy to say that the easy to say that the um, the Axis powers do that, but I think the Allied powers do an awful lot. I mean, the well, Russians, yes, I suppose so. Russians for a terribly long time think the Germans aren't going to um, bother them at all. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a fair point. Fair point. But it is a you know it's a it's an amazing it's an amazing battle and I think I think life out on the mid ocean you know being a naval aviator whether you're Japanese or whether you're American must be incredibly stressful. I mean, what's also really interesting is I think you know looking at, uh, at some of the characters involved, they all you know there doesn't seem to be that kind of sort of cheery camaraderie that you get in ninety two squadron in fighter command for example. They all seem to be really competitive and really hate each other's guts half of them, uh, and, and I think it's because they're all on top of each other the whole time. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, they're in these little crew rooms, these ready rooms, you know, which are incredibly yeah. cramped. You know, there's no escape, is there? There's no going to the pub. You're not allowed to drink on a on a on a ship. You know, you're allowed to eat lots of ice cream, but but you know, that pales after a while, I would imagine. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's the stress and strain of it. I think it just must be so stressful. And you're and you know your chances of your 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 get out is kind of very very small, isn't it? If anything goes wrong, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you, what ditch in the Pacific? I mean, great. <laughs> yeah, it's not like it's not like your parachute out over Hornchurch, is it? I no, mean, it absolutely isn't. That's that's sort of really my point. And um, so, yeah, I, you <laughs> and, know, well, and also, and also, just the, the, the aviation's on a is on a is on a more difficult level, isn't it? Is that that taking a landing off a character is a carrier is extremely high stress in yes. a way that in a way again that bimbling around a grass field, you know, although. We're yeah. still talking about high performance aircraft, but but it's well it's because just if you that yeah, whole... because if you if you're doing bumps at Hornchurch, for example, yeah, yeah, you know, you, you you'll get ribbed by your your fellows, but that's the extent of it. Whereas if you if you bump on a carrier, you miss you your arrestor wire, and <laughs> it's not great, is it? No, and also it's all new, isn't it? That's the mm. other thing is that this is all being all these techniques are brand new, are being 
you know, dis- discovered and invented. I mean, it's fascinating that, di- you know, dive bombing is the effective way of doing it, uh, 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 of making this work, where you... Where, where you know dive bombing is is, is effect is pretty much obsolete by 1942 on land, isn't it? Uh, yep. In land land warfare, that that your 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 stook or whatever is no use to anybody. Yeah. Um. C- come 1940, come the summer of 94. Although although it's still doing it's still doing quite a lot on the Eastern Front, isn't it? it um. Where, yep. the, where the shape of the air was different. I mean, or, or, well, what I've done there is I've proved to myself that making these generalizations is completely <laughs> pointless. <laughs> anyway, the bottom line is hats off to all those guys who are involved uh, on Midway because, uh, you know, it must have taken guts of steel. I wonder what the Americans afterwards, what lessons they draw from it. Do they think, right, okay, dive bombing's the answer, or do they think more yeah, patrolling well, aircraft, yeah, no, more, no. more radar, you know, what. what what are the um, what are the conclusions the Americans draw? What are the conclusions the Japanese draw from this encounter? Yeah, it's all it's 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 all of that. So I mean, the 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 Dauntless is continued with until I think nineteen forty four. Although it, it, I mean, it's considered obsolescent even at the start of the war. And but, uh, but it's not right. until nineteen forty four that the Hell Divers come in, which are just. Uh, which are, is it Helldiver? Skydiver? Skydivers? I can't remember. Anyway, it's the sort of next, Helldiver. Uh, Helldiver, maybe. It's anyway, it's, 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 the next, it's the next generation of dive bomber that comes in. Um, and it's just that little bit better and more sophisticated and all the rest of it. I mean, you know, the conclusions from the, from the, the Japanese is they need better comms. They need a sort of better coordination. But, but, but it's, it's already too late. That's the problem. It's too late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas yeah, the Americans yeah. just hone it and hone it and hone it further. I mean, you know, what follows is, is obviously the Guadalcanal. Um, which runs from sort of August to, to February, August of 42 to February 1943. Uh, and that involves some fearsome naval engagements. I mean, yeah. a series of battles of which, you know, the Americans don't come out on top every single time by any right. stretch of the imagination. Um, right. And ferocious um, aerial battles as well. But but it's but it's different. There's not a sort of another major sort of carrier battle for, for quite a long time. Not till sort of Lady Gulf, I think, really. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, you you, you can't yeah. do the you can't do that sort of thing all the, every other week, can you? That's the other. No, thing, you absolutely can't. You absolutely can't. But it's a it's a it is an amazing battle. I mean, in terms of kind of human drama, differing characters, um, twists and turns, peaks and troughs. It's a it's a it's an absolute belter, and and you know it's it's very self contained as well. So from from a point of view of sort of writing a book about it or something or telling a movie about it, it's um it's it's kind of easy to do. Well, it's a game of twenty twenty rather than a test match, isn't it? As no yeah, one can exactly. <laughs> or even a T ten, yeah. Um, yeah, a <laughs> hundred. Yeah, yeah, hundred. Exactly. It's the hun- It was the hundred of naval battles. Uh, that's a. I think that's quite a tough sell in America. I mean, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For all, the, for all <laughs> US, for all US listeners, apologies. Yeah, yeah. We're trying. It's like, to, trying it's, to it's like the third cr- inning. <laughs> Using a cricketing analogy for an American battle is no, quite, no, no. But third inning is, is baseball. It's fantastically futile, <laughs> though. I'm just, just <laughs> enjoying. <laughs> yeah. No, no, anyway. no. Stay with me. Stay with me. It's like no room. Is no. <laughs> anyway, oh, funny. Um. Yes. Uh, any other business? Um, um, I've just I don't read think so, really. There's a there's a very interesting article by Adam Tooze um, oh. about um, Alstrang tactique that he's just put up um, really on his Substack on his Substack yes oh, about great. Uh, uh, well and, uh, and you know talking about Ukraine about how lots of people are going oh look you know the Ukrainians have the Ukrainians have learned mission command and oh, there's a cultural okay. cultural difference there's a cultural difference because the Russians just try things again and again and again regardless of whether they work or not and and. And I think he's cautioning against this idea that there's a cultural superiority thing going on. Um, I managed to read sort of half of it yesterday, and I didn't uh, because I'm, I've been busy building flat pack furniture since the uh-huh. renovations at the house have finished. Yeah, yeah, it was. Do you remember to bring so your I, Allen key? Uh, <laughs> you bet. And um, uh, <laughs> yes, uh, there's more to do so, as well. So, um, but 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 I, I think it uh, is very interesting because he was talking about the American the American. The Americans after the war go for the sort of managerial style, and it's only later that that the kind of um, you know the Wehrmacht glamour sort of infiltrates military teaching um, uh, in America, and and that's a funny thing. Funny enough, the thing Waitman 
Waitman is a um, friend of the show, Waitman born um, former cavalry, US cavalryman, has talked about, about how um, people at West Point would refer to tanks as panzers, their own tanks as panzers. And this, this sort of, you know, um, uh, kind of uh, trickle trickle through of yeah, yeah. the glamorization of the Wehrmacht. And, and I'd have thought that's a very dangerous policy. Well, I, I would have thought it's extremely it's extremely dangerous. I mean, the, you know, I, 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 and I've been I've been thinking again. I've been thinking about because um, I've written this chapter about Percy Hobart. I've been thinking more and more about you know that 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 everyone draws strange lessons from the summer of nineteen forty in terms of how you do armored warfare from a thing that works by chance as much as. You know, it's like, what, what lessons do you draw from Midway? You could draw the lesson that what you need is, you need lots of dive bombers just tooling around over a likely battlefield in the hope they see a wake of a of a cruiser. You could draw that conclusion quite easily. You know, and where's the method in that? Where's the, how do you how do you write a pamphlet that turns that into doctrine? I don't, I don't know. Do you, do you see what I mean? Or and you the, could just get a massive the, submarine force. Well, yeah, exactly. But 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 it, but it's this thing that that very often that, and, and and this also ties into that, that that point that Matthew Ford makes in his book that a lot of right you know that the, the pe- combat is completely random. Combat is completely um, it is a completely random sequence of events. The people who survive it survive by purely by chance, and then are asked how to go about fighting, and it might be. That they they don't know. Well, <laughs> this is why the, Dusty Kleiss is saying that the dive for Dauntless is invulnerable to anti aircraft fire because well, well, he exactly. survived. Because <laughs> he survived exactly, and the, and the, you're asking the wrong people. You're, you're well, asking the wrong questions. Well, well, exactly. You're asking the wrong. You might probably ask. I mean, you can't ask the other people. You can't ask the dead, obviously. Um, but 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 there's this really really interesting thing at the core of how you draw lessons from anything like this, because after all, you know you you. You, 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 what works in 1940 only works in 1940 because of what the French offer against it rather yes. than rather than necessarily because Guderian is some kind of genius. It's just his moments come along. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and, and, and to then expect that ever to work again and to draw it... it, it I, I, I'm sort of... I've, I've been thinking about yeah, this Yeah, that's a really lot. interesting... How, that is a really you know, interesting the, point. That how you grope towards actually figuring anything out from anything that's happened ever... Given yeah. given the contingencies, you know weather. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, what do you? But 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 okay. In terms of naval engagements, what what would you think is that is is the greatest challenge of all when operating in the Pacific? Oh, um, fuel. Yeah, and, and well, I would say finding the target. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. So I thought the, the well, lessons well, no, from no, Midway well, 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 yeah, is, is so, so finding the target within your logistical capacity. So correct. Yeah. Yeah, so absolutely. It's all very well knowing where the Americans are, but if you can't actually strike them with any in any meaningful degree, you're probably better off not trying. You know, and, yeah. although this always this always this is the sort of you know in the end the Japanese are better off. We end, we always end up saying this sort of thing. Don't start the war if Germany wants to not lose the war. It needs to not start it. And if the Japanese want to not lose the war, they're, they're better off not starting it. And, you know, this sort of and it always feels to me like sort of you know the sort of the balls going back up with fear. That always feels to me like that sort of, that sort of feeling. You know what I mean? That I like, do. That, That's really funny. But how you draw these conclusions and then how you, how you end up, how you end up, how people have ended up 80 years later, like still idolising Guderian. When you look, at, you look at how actually... How he in, cocks it in, up on the Eastern Front. Well, I was exactly, you took the word straight out of my mouth. Like, like what a complete mess he made of it. And how he talks about logistics of the, you know, logistics of the ball and chain of armoured warfare. No, mate. No, they're absolutely not. They're the, they're the bread and butter. They're the lifeblood. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, and it, it's just so interesting that this, this way of processing events that, after all, are essentially random. And I suppose what, what you do is you try and develop a doctrine that will survive the randomness of the encounter. The, 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 but that the, gets you back that gets you back yet again to the operational level. It just does yeah. every single yeah, yeah, time. Yeah. It's yeah, how, how do you do it? And how do you find your ship? Yeah. How do you within your logistic yeah. range? How do you supply it? How do you keep it all going in the Pacific? The bottom line is the Americans trump the Japanese, you know, a hundredfold within very short order. But what gives yeah. them the impetus and gives them that that 
that edge is the Battle of Midway. You know, it yeah. is. It is that is the enabler. That is the is what stops the Japanese surge. And what you try and do is load the deck in your favour. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, there, good. Oh, well, okay. I'm glad we right. managed so we've, we've solved well, no, Midway. No, but I'm glad we managed to because I've been re- I've been thinking about this an awful lot. And I, and I, well, and I really, think that, I don't think we finished that conversation to be honest. But no, but no, maybe to be continued. But, 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 but it really, I keep thinking about the point that Matthew Ford makes that about, you know, because he's talking about the, the development of the rifle, which is after all the simple, because his whole thesis is you look at the development of the rifle, which is the sim- singlest, simplest yeah. weapon system that people are given. I've got to get his and book. The, What's it called again? And, and uh, it's called Weapon of Choice. And uh, and you've got these currents and ebbs and flows and, and you know, when the... When engineers go to soldiers and soldiers say, oh, I need this because this is my experience of battle, the point is, is that their experience of battle is the product of r- random circumstance. The engineer's approach is numbers and figures and what they can, what they can do to their budget. And then the collision between the two, and, and, and he's applying that to the rifle, but apply that to an aircraft carrier, the sheer complexity of the system of an yes. or a carrier group, the yep. sheer complexity of that system. You can see why mistakes could easily get fed in, why you could still be flying an obsolescent bomber because there's nothing else available. You know, I mean, the swordfish is the the, 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 the British equivalent, isn't it? That, that sinks a load of shipping, but basically there's nothing else to sink shipping with. I mean, it, you, I think people have other swordfish. And also the there's not thing. a lot of fighting against it, but... Well, exactly. When people go, oh, the swordfish, perfectly, perfectly good weapon. Well, yeah, because because it's because of what it's up against, yeah. and also there's no other there's no other options. So what yeah. are you going to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. And I th- I, I think that idea at the, the, the at the heart of all of this, there's this there's this chaotic moment when 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 people run into when you bump it when you, people bump into each other because after all, midway is t- the two navies bumping into each other. There's you know it's a it's all it's literally like they've just bumped into each other in the street. Oh, right, what do we do now, you know? And that there's a chaotic thing and then someone tries to build a system out of it and learn from it and then create doctrine that can be trained into people and applicable and that has enough flexibility in it to deal with the, deal with the inevitable chaos that comes out. It's, it's so fascinating and it's, it's the yeah. sort of... But also, but also surely a path strewn with red herrings and examples that... From which you actually can't learn anything, but you might invest a lot of you might invest a lot of time trying to figure out what they tell you. You know, it's also I mean this is the thing I've been thinking about an awful lot. Anyway, anyway, there we go. There you have it. (laughs) Well, I think this will be a theme we return to. I suspect. I think it definitely has to be. Um, Anyway, I think that that's that's probably probably enough. That's yep. properly uh, sufficient Kriegspiel from us. Yeah, I've um, got to spend uh, the rest of the day talking about Guderian crossing the, the River Meuse in May 1940. <laughs> yeah, there well, was it anything you so did that's right? My, that's everyone, that's my Monday. That's, but my opinion is it wasn't anything you did right. It was everyone else getting it wrong. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I would, I'm, I'm not entirely uh, going to... I'm not going to disagree with that <laughs> assessment. Um, just one final nudge. Don't forget, it's We Have Ways Fest, Friday, July 22nd to Sunday, July 24th. And you can see us in the flesh talking like this to one another. Um, uh, <laughs> you lucky people. You can, you can be there. You can, you can, you can smell the brain uh, petrol being burned. Wehavewaysfest.co.uk. Um, that's wehavewaysfest.co.uk. We look and forward doing to seeing hand signals make it. like the Japanese across the, across e- the e- field. E- exactly. Exactly. It's, the festival does have radar, though. Just want to uh, point that out. <laughs> <laughs> very because it's good. 2022. Um, we'll see you all soon. Thanks very much for listening. Goodbye. Cheerio.